And we are live on the Red Pill News U. So this week, we have seen some amazing things. Crazy admissions from, from Kathy Hochul, the, the Democratic governor of New York State, not caring about crime. <laughs> and, and the one, you know, they don't want to debate other people anymore because it just draws them out as what they are, right? She didn't get in by votes. She got in on on Cuomo's coattails after he had to resign from the sexual scandals that were coming down on him. So it that's how she got in. She every day she acts like it's her first day. So it's not someone who's who can plan. It's not someone who can bring this this uh, you know this state of New York uh, to where it needs to be. So definitely no leadership quality inside of her, and people see that. So, you know, we got the no bail reform in New York, which allows criminals to walk loose, basically. And then when they do, they commit more crimes, and it gets even worse and worse and worse. And this has been ongoing. I mean, the city is under siege from crime. The state, uh, you know, you have areas, uh, Syracuse, Albany, Rochester, Buffalo, places like that that are, that are under siege from crime also mainly New York City and the surrounding New York City area. If you go into New York City, you're in danger. And it's not because of anything but politics. That's the crazy part of it, right? And as someone who uh, loves New York City, who has walked those streets, who has chewed a lot of that concrete, I will tell you it's a damn shame to see how it's been run into the ground year after year. You know, you had de Blasio. He set the stage, right? Then you get this Adams who came in talking all this stuff. He's going to fix everything. Blah, 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 blah. The only thing he does is party, party down. He's partying down and, and uh, is arrogant about it too. So whatever, uh, you know, no, no surprise. Hate to say, hate to say, no surprise, you know, and, and uh, I supported the guy in the beginning. I give everybody a chance. You know what? You give people one chance. One chance only. So in the debate, Kathy Hochul uh, asked, you know, she ran against Lee Zeldin, guy from Long Island, a Republican. And, you know, a few weeks ago, I don't think a lot of people even knew his name. And now now he's uh, he's ahead of her in the polls, right? So Kathy Hochul ducks the press. She's running out. She ran out the door because uh, uh, people want to know what the hell she's talking about when it came to what she said about, uh, you know, to, to Lee Zeldin during the debate when she was like, for crime, for, for he's like, you got to put criminals in jail. She's like, what difference does it make to you? What difference does it make to you? And people are like, what? That's, 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 you know why? She doesn't see the crime. Crime doesn't happen in her neighborhood. Crime doesn't happen in her life. If she ever sees anything about crime, it's in the news, which she probably doesn't watch. You know, so it really is, you know, this guy, Lee Zeldin, he's got my vote. I'm happy to to vote for this dude. And I think a lot of people are. You want a safe New York that's going to be productive and go into the right direction. Could he have defeated Cuomo? Probably not. Probably not. But she's no Cuomo. She, she, I'll tell you, I've seen this woman say some amazingly crazy things. Uh, you, you know, it just to a state of New York, you know, New York's a very powerful state, very a lot of people, millions, of course, almost 20 million. You got, got a very wealthy state, you got the, the empire states, what it's called, right? You got New York City, which is uh, basically the epicenter for the finance market, <clears throat> you know, financial markets. You, you have mismanagement in the city of new york you get mismanagement in the in the state of new york and no wonder why people are leaving manhattan no wonder why people are are going and running running for their lives and now people are afraid to walk the streets because you've got uh, criminally insane people out there that that are happy to hurt you you know people that have have been uh uh pumped up in a way by, by the rhetoric, you know, from these parties, man, you know, especially the Democratic Party, the rhetoric uh, on these people that, oh, because they commit these crimes, it's not their fault and whatever. 
you know, or or if they're slightly offended by something, they can react violently and they feel justified because they've been told that. But it's the people in these parties that never see them. Do you think Chuck Schumer ever sees these crazy out of control people? Even if he does, he's got armed security around them. They're they're against guns. They're not against guns protecting them, though. So that was that one sentence from Kathy Hochul. That that was the uh, the torpedo that sank the the bad ship Hochul. You know, you can look back into politics and and put your finger on any politician that has failed miserably, and it all really leads down to sometimes one word or one sentence. With Hillary, it was deplorables, wasn't it? When she said, you know, I put them into a basket of deplorables, you can't take half of the country that ultimately, if you win, you have to represent those deplorables, you know. You can't take half of the country and dismiss them as deplorable because they're not. And, you know, when Biden comes out with his little old fists wrapped up in MAGA, MAGA extremists, it's it's like comical. It's it's like some kind of campy comedy that that we're watching, and it, it, these people aren't for real. They're they're actors, right? They're they're I don't know. It's there's no common sense. There's no logic into what they say and what they do. The MAGA extremists is all your problems. That's like saying the police are the problem in the black community. You know, it's like these crazy, out of control statements come out of these people's mouths. And they keep going further and further because nobody, you know, the mainstream media weren't they weren't calling them out. Only Fox and Fox is dismissed as being a, a Tory channel. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're dismissed as being conservative. So of course the conservatives aren't going to say anything, you know, positive uh, about uh, the other side, or and then vice versa. The mainstream media, which is largely liberal, owned by liberals, ha- ha- has the power. To, to dismiss things, has the power to push things and, and get things prosecuted. They've got the power to do all kinds of stuff. It's pure power. But then people started wising up. They're watching CNN. They realized it's just a bunch of claptrap. The people that were on there were toxic and poisonous. They race bait. They hate bait. They, they, they weren't telling the truth. They were lying as they were going along. They're all gone. They all got fired. You know, fired, removed. You know, and then uh, now they're they're trying to balance themselves out. Let me tell you, people aren't stupid. They're gonna see it for what it is. They got a bad name, right? So, but Kathy Hochul, why why is it important that we put criminals in jail? Why is it important? So that's that's the sentence that's gonna you know this guy Zeldin. He had a shooting happen outside of his house in Long Island. He lives in a halfway decent neighborhood. <laughs> and that doesn't really make a difference anymore if there's where it's going to be a shooting, man. People are not afraid to pull out a gun and pull the trigger. That They've gotten empowered from, from you know, there's numerous reasons, but mainly it's the green light from, from these people saying that uh, it's okay with what they do. They, they give them the green light. It started with Obama. He started doing that with, with these guys, and it's okay. The protesters who were stealing, robbing the stores, beating each other up. Obama didn't call for an end to the protests or, or an end to the violence. You don't even have to call for an end to the protest. Just say an end to the violence. This isn't the way we do things. But it is because it's power, isn't it? If you scare people. It's a purge. I watched those purge movies. Oh, my God. I can see that happening. You know, that's how crazy things are. That's how crazy these people can get. That's why you need your checks and balances. That's why you need to go out and vote. That's why you need to put the people out of office that don't belong there. Look at this guy, Fetterman. You know, I couldn't even watch the, the debate. I mean, I don't know how people were able to watch the entire thing. I don't like either of them. I think two choices is not a choice. The Dr. Oz guy is is whatever. I don't like them all. And Fetterman, I like even less. So, uh, you know, often in these races, it comes down to the lesser of two evils. But as for the, the parties, they don't care. They just want power. They don't care who they put in there. They can put uh, a, a puppet, a muppet. It doesn't matter. This guy Fetterman had a stroke just recently. He's all messed up. 
you know he's he's creepy he's creepy and he's kooky he's mysterious and spooky he's altogether poopy he's like he's like that dude uh uncle fester every time i see him my cousin put him up as uh, the goonie you know that guy <laughs> the guy that they had chained up in the basement but it looks looks just like him, man. I hate to say this. It's terrible. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> so, yes, you can lose a, a race with one sentence. People are afraid. You know what? Talk about economy, finances. That's great. But when your ass is going to be pushed in front of a train by some repeat offender, that's nuts. And who should be locked up, not just in jail, but a mental institution. And then you're the one on the line. Let me tell you, man, I've been on the streets of New York City with crazy people challenging you. It's you and it's them. It's nobody else. It's you and it's them. You want to call 911? Oh, yeah, the cops will come by and clean up the blood. They'll they'll put the, the tape around your body. They'll take the pictures. Uh, they'll notify your family and tell them, oh, you know, so-and-so's been killed. That's it. Sorry. And that's killed by who? Oh, a repeat offender who roams the streets, who's clearly nuts, who, who who's a violent offender, right? She doesn't understand. Hotel doesn't understand why those people need to be in jail. That that when someone commits a crime, why they need to be locked up. So you got her, and then you you've got uh, that that Briggs, the DA, who uh, was put in there by George Soros, you know, and then this dude. Let's everybody go. Wants all that reform. And what are they doing? They're, you know, mainly these people committing the crimes are, are black people being re released to black neighborhoods and they're committing more crimes in those black neighborhoods. It's it's very, to me, it's very racist. You know, like, like why are you allowing these people in these black neighborhoods to be victimized by these other criminals? You want to let them go because they're black? You think that's going to fix something? You think it's going to fix it? It's going to fix them? Every day in New York City, you're going to see shootings, you're going to see stabbings, people being pushed in front of buses, trains, planes, you name it, man. <laughs> you name it. Yeah, plane. You're going to see that soon. We got pushed in front of a 747. You're going to see it because that's, that's the big city, man, the big apple. I don't know. It's not even a big apple anymore. I don't know what it is. I don't know. What it, it's become just just a sludge pit of, of politics. You need to get the politics out of it. Representatives are supposed to represent and do nothing else. Represent, make sure the machine runs, right? Let people live their damn lives. Yeah, not anymore. Like I tell you, ever since 9-11, the New York City's been on a decline. It's been slipping, going down. The 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 people and everything, and I don't know, it's changed. I think COVID, COVID was the final nail in the coffin. That you know, De Blasio too, the running the city down to the ground, letting criminals run run loose and and not owning up to it. I'm not owning up to it. Yeah. I mean, I never felt like in New York City that uh, I was ever safe, and that's back in the day. And I was armed, you know. So I mean, your your safety, your level of safety in places is sometimes completely up to you. If you feel like you need a hand cannon <laughs> in your waistband and, and you get that permit and, you know, whatever, that's that's your level of safety. It doesn't guarantee you're going to live. You know, you can pull out a gun. It doesn't. It, it gives you a level of safety, like wearing a mask for COVID. It gives you a level of safety. But if you're in a situation where people are out there running around going nuts, oh, man, you don't want to be there. You don't want to be in that situation. You don't want to be. And the mentality is... They got the right to do it. That's the mentality of these criminals, that they feel like they have the right to do it, that they look at you, oh, you're white, I don't like you, and they, they push you in front of a train, and they tell you, they try to knock you out or whatever, or they shoot you or they stab you. There's these racial attacks going on. Nobody, the media doesn't want to say that. If it's white to black, well, they, they're all over that. And they're all over that, whether it was racist or not, but, but the other direction, not at all. But white people are being targeted in, in New York City and Chicago. Ter terrible things are happening. And uh, all of it has to stop. All of it. People need to own up to what the hell they do. And you need to hold people accountable for what they do. No matter what color they are, you need to lock them up when they commit a crime. Right? And that's really what it is, you know.
So Sweden, you know, got to go to Sweden because they know more than everybody else in the world. They're going to tell you, we use a green, a green, a green. We do it the green way. They do, man. I mean, Sweden was like the thing that uh, even that, that Greta, what was it, Greta Thunberg, how dare you? How dare you destroy my environment? I will give you the evil eye that I learned from my rich parents. <laughs> A little Halloween. Greta Thunberg going on there. The evil eye. Yeah, man. We'll show, we'll share. <laughs> I like how the media, especially the British media like Sky News, they love to go to her to see, see what she thinks about policy or, or these complex issues. And she's She's brain dead. She doesn't know anything. She's, she's, I mean, she's not a kid anymore. They put her out there like she's a little kid. She's not a little kid anymore. And then she doesn't know anything about anything. You know, you can't ask her uh, about coal and, and natural gas and where it's going to come from and nuclear power. <laughs> the fact that they're using her as an expert just blows my mind, man. <laughs> so here's the headline for you. Climate role model. Sweden, Sweden, their new leader axes the environment ministry. So there they go. <laughs> there they go. Out the door, man. They're gone. They're freaking gone. The climate policies were moved under enterprise and the energy unit. Sweden is among the global leaders in the fighting global warming, but not anymore. And they're rolling things back. They, they realize they need more power. They're rolling things back. So what does this mean to you? It means that this is the back and forth, wishy-washy stuff that people, they don't, nobody really has an idea of, of what they're doing, I don't think, <laughs> except, except the ones who kind of, you know, pump oil out of the ground and they feed it to the hungry guppies. Is it any surprise that Exxon and all the other companies posted stunning earnings Stunning earnings, right? Huge profits they're making. So here it is about, this is when people tell you that it's not true that these companies aren't making a ton of money. When people tell you this, they're lying to you or they don't know what they're talking about. Because if you, you you're, you're this big oil company, you pump oil out of the ground, you have your demand, you have your supply, you know how to refine it and whatever, if that's the business you're in. Some people will pump it and then have it go all the way through the process, even to, to retail. They own the whole process, right? You're making oil, you're pumping it out, you're doing your thing. There's more of a demand, you pump out the more oil or the reserves you have, the prices start going up. There's futures markets and they're saying what oil is going to cost in the future which drive the price that you pay now and all that. Yeah, sure. But if you're the company saying we have to charge so much more because it costs so much more for production, shipping, production, all the stuff involved, and then the government's like, okay, whatever. Really, the government has very little to do with it. You saw uh, uh, Biden begging oil companies like like some, some little kid begging for, for more fudge. Please, please. Just do the right thing. <laughs> I can ask all company to do the right thing, you idiot. <laughs> oh, my God. That's very funny. And the government's also making money from this, a lot of it, too. So don't don't forget about the taxes they collect on a gallon of gas. In New York State, it's a dollar a gallon is what they collect per, per, per gallon. You know, you pump 10 gallons, you give New York $10. That's exactly how that works. Okay. And you and Donald Trump pay the same money for, for gas and the same taxes, which is something wrong about that, too. But this is the deal. They're obviously not uh, uh, having to supply more money or their costs aren't, aren't pricing them up because they're making these huge profits. They wouldn't be making huge profits if it costs more to produce or whatever. They're making huge profits because they're charging so much more for gasoline. And it's something that needs to be taken out of the futures market altogether. It is something that is a necessity that people need to get to work, to heat their homes, 
to, to drive their industry, to drive commerce. It's something that is, is not as easy as saying coffee, coffee or tea or, or orange juice, other, other commodities. Is, it's different. You can live without orange juice. You can live without coffee, maybe possibly, perhaps. I don't know about not me. Uh, there's things you can live without, but but oil drives everything. And you get the green people. They want to build AOC her train to England, which is which is like the dumbest thing. A aside from all the other dumb stuff you've heard, that's that's really, really out there. So it's the third quarter earnings bonanza. They're saying this is Barron's, right? Saying this that that. Uh, the high oil prices is making these companies an incredible amount of money, but it's also making the government an incredible amount of money. Are they giving you a break? Are they saying we're going to reduce the taxes or we're going to we're going to ditch the tax, right? On oil, no, of course not. We're not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. But aside from that, your misery and hell of oil and oil is going up. We're we're in the we're getting into the cold weather. It's going to be home heating oil season. Some places already got snow. That's going to go right through the roof, man. You know what? All that demand is going to go through the roof. There's already shortages of diesel and home heating oil, which is virtually the same stuff, you know. Already shortages of, of that. Diesel is what brings those packages of food to your neighborhood and, and you know, drives the trains, drives the trucks, drive all kinds of stuff. Power plants a lot of times. You know, we're talking about coal or natural gas or whatever. I'll tell you, man. By... By Christmas, you're gonna see uh, a lot of people flipping. You know what I mean? Because this, this, <laughs> you still got. No matter what happens politically, uh, you know, next week when the elections happen, you still have Biden as president until he's no more. You know, and whatever, whatever brings him down that path, and his his their policies, not just him. Obviously, he doesn't do anything. You know, he's just this befuddled guy and whatever. It's it's the party politics and policies that's making you suffer through paying more and they think you're going to blink their eyes and get this green energy and it's going to work for everybody green energy is is untried and untrue it's got some electric cars you got some windmills you got some solar things okay man but yet when the disasters happen when they need the power they rush to fossil fuels which is also fine really if you want to get technical and this is the honest truth. This this is the deal about technology, okay? You develop better technology around the sources you already have. If you have coal and you know coal works, you develop better technologies to make that coal where it's clean, where it can burn clean, where you can use it and, uh, and create more energy from it. So there's things that you can do. And look, you know, like, all right, it's like, look at your household appliances, you know. How often have they improved a, a toaster to use less electricity? Or, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of your appliances will zap 1,000 watts, 1,500 watts of electricity, microwaves, things like that, you know, your 12-amp your uh, vacuum cleaner. How often have they tried to make <clears throat> these devices run more efficiently using transformers or whatever they got to use, using a lot less electricity? Not often, right? And if you find something that uses less electricity, it costs an extraordinary amount of money. So that's the problem. The technology, and in the technological world we're in, where they just seem to be in a race to make more mindless apps and, 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 and telephones and whatever, but they're not looking to, to save energy by making more. And there's no requirement either. There's no government requirement that these companies make more efficient devices. In fact, they make worse, you know, air fryers uh, that sit on top of your, your, you know, you run that for an hour at 1,500 watts. Let me tell you, you know, or 2,000 watts or whatever the hell they are these days, you tell you this, it uses up electricity, which uses up fuel at some point and somewhere, you know. So, and if you want to balance things out, it's not with electric cars either. They're not good in the winter. They're not good in the cold. They're not good in the snow. Uh, blah 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 blah. We can go on forever. It takes a long time to charge, and the batteries are very expensive. And the and the carbon footprint of making that battery—that's the worst part. They say it's worse than the carbon footprint of a, a lifetime of a car. So all of these things are not 
Uh, they're not going to work. <laughs> so Meta, the big Meta, you know, uh, Zuckerberg puts you in jail, Zuckerberg. Yeah, that guy. Meta. So ever since their IPO, their, their initial uh, purchase offer, this Meta stock has been sliding. It's been going down, down, down. Today, it lost 22% of its, of its value. <laughs> and not only that, it went down so much and so huge, it dragged down the rest of the market when the market was trying to get back up again. You know, the market's been on a roller coaster ride, thousands of points down one week, thousands of points up another week. It's crazy. So Meta, I think maybe for the first time, it went below 100. Uh, its last price is 97.94 a share. This is Facebook, Zuckerberg, and all the other crap that they own and Basically, it's an information service selling your information to other people. That's what they do. They run ads on there, and they try to, you know, they they collect money from ad revenue, that type of thing. I have never bought anything off of a Facebook ad. I will tell you right now. I think most of those ads are scams. Uh, you know, there's a lot of hackers and that type of thing. I would, in fact, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch it. I wouldn't even go near it. Uh, and and a lot of people I know have left Facebook already. They're, they're done with it. They're, they're sick of it, even the whole Facebook jail thing. And, you know, if they say something that Facebook deems that they shouldn't say, they, they get kicked out and whatever. So, you know what? If you don't have any people, you don't have any Facebook. <laughs> Facebook is, is just a vast wasteland and nothing. And a second some other platform comes by that that is better, just as good or better, people will jump. If everybody decides to jump, people will jump. They'll all jump together, and that's it for Facebook. If you notice, this guy Zuckerberg, they buy up anything that, that comes close to what they are. So, But really, what is it? It's, it's just, you know, really, it's people sharing stuff with each other, and then you have this huge corporation in the middle because you're using their service for free. They think that they can really uh, you know, basically stalk you and, and take all your information, target advertise you, and things like that. So, you know. And it's just not a, I don't know. It's I don't, to, to me, it's not a viable entity because at some point it's like a bubble. It's gonna it's gonna burst. So uh, so anyway, these guys are losing billions of dollars. You know, you know? billions and billions. And I just think that uh, I like that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right, Zucky. What do you think these billionaires really worry about? You know. Do you think that they, uh, they're like, once you, once you have a certain, I think, you know, when you're poor, you spend a lot of your time or middle class or whatever, you spend a lot of your time worrying about your bills. You spend a lot of sleepless nights worrying about your bills or if you're going to, you know, lose your job, keep your job. If you're losing your job, get another job, blah, 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 blah. I mean, a lot, right? A lot of time worrying. Imagine being wealthy to the point where you don't have anything to worry about except uh, moving your money around, really, you know, and I just kind of think about like these guys, like a Zuckerberg or whatever. They have they have billions. They have the best houses. They got the best land. They got the best stuff. They got the best yachts. They they live a life that that average people can't even imagine, you know. So I think that they worry about the game mostly, mostly, and and uh, you know, because humans are adversarial creatures. At, at, at our core, people like games against one another. People uh, like the battle, right? Even in court, you know, lawyers going at each other and that type of thing. It's the adversarial game. So I think that when this guy wakes up and he sees Meta crashing and burning, when, when he thought that he could do anything and, and be successful, and, you know, he just kind of, he kind of took people's confidence, that confidence, and used it against them. I remember what he wrote to one of his friends early on with Facebook. He was laughing at, actually laughing at how stupid people were for giving up, freely giving up their private information, you know. And that's something that that the government needs to make laws, uh, you know. So, if, oh, if you want to use this app, you have to give them permissions, uh, all you know, for your phone, who you called, anybody you've texted. At all the pictures in your phone, anything downloaded in your phone, just to use an app. I mean, that's what an intrusion, you know, what an intrusion. 
That's like saying, come in my house and you have access to all my stuff just because I want to use your app, you know? So I think, and then people get like addicted to it or they don't understand it when they hit agree. They don't really what what they're they're thinking about, you know, these apps, uh, you give them permission to use your microphone, use your camera. I mean, and then they listen to you and they target advertise, right? And then you start talking about stuff and then you see it as ads popping up on your screen. And then you're like, look at this because it's listening to you. Is this the world you want to live in? And there's the Grizzly Adams syndrome I coined. I just coined it right now. <laughs> the Grizzly Adams syndrome of walking away from technology and you go and live in that cabin. You, you got your food, you got your life, you do what you need to do, you make your money and you stay away from the technological world, because I don't think the technological world has anything positive to offer people anymore, except for ease of shopping. I, I love the hell out of that. Don't don't think for a second that I don't like to point and click and get my stuff delivered. You know, I mean, that's my whole life is <laughs> that. But I don't need Facebook for that. I don't need social media, uh, what I call anti-social media. I don't need that. Yeah. Kanye West, poor Kanye, poor misunderstood Kanye, <laughs> poor chipmunk cheeks. What are we going to do with you, Kanye? So he goes out there, and this is the crazy part of this, right? He Anti-Semitic comments. I watched what he said about how Jews are in control of Hollywood and the music business, and if you say anything about it, they cancel you out. And that's what happened. They, he said stuff about it, and they canceled them out. <laughs> so it's actually happening. They, they He lost the deed. He lost this. He lost that. He lost over a, a billion dollars in a couple of days. Take that, Zuckerberg. <laughs> and then he went to, to his, I guess, Skechers. He got to deal with them. They kicked him out or whatever. They, they're they canceling him. They're canceling him, right? So I don't have a problem with that because I don't like the guy anyway. I think I think that he just uh, is he. You know, there are people in the media that are controlling factors for certain groups. Those people are put out there to control those groups, and and it's always been like that. It's like that with organized religion. It's like that with all kinds of stuff. Any kind of idols you're going to find that with. They're controlling factors. No, you know. Okay, we have that. We have that. That's really what's out there. That that's why. Uh, I mean, we can get into to music and art and that type of thing and what's what and and what people pump money into. We don't have time even for that. That's like five shows right there. You know, I'm just saying. The guy has got no business being where he is, but he he got where he is because of, of uh, what people people took to him. People liked him for whatever reason. Who knows? You know. So. He calls out Jewish people in negative ways. This is my problem with the whole thing, and it has nothing to do with him. It has to do with Representative Omar, Representative Tlaib, people like AOC, people who openly hate on Jewish people. These are elected representatives. These aren't some some musician making sneakers and pants and, and uh, whatever, you know, who's basically insignificant in this world. But these politicians are not, because they make decisions for those Jewish people that they hate so much. They make decisions for the rest of us, too. They influence decisions on other politicians. Why is Kanye being called out and put down and losing his money and whatever, but these other people aren't? Why is that? I, I, I don't understand. And the only thing that leads me to the conclusion of why the world is going against this guy is because he came out for Trump. And I think it's that simple that, that when he says, I think that if he didn't, if he was all on the other side, he could hate openly on anybody he wants and the Democrats would have no problem with it. But do you see the power represented here? The power that if you go against the system, the system will destroy you no matter what you've done accomplished Whatever. Bill Murray. Look what's going on with Bill Murray. Services Bill Murray got a little overly friendly with somebody on, on a set of a movie they were making that they had to cancel because then they really paid the girl 115000 bucks. 
because he he was twirling her hair and doing some other stuff. You know, he didn't grab her vagina. He didn't grab her boobs. He didn't grab her and say, let's run out into my trailer and have sex. You know, he's an old man, Bill Murray. He's an old man who, who grew up through many different stages of, of humanity, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and he's a successful guy too. That's him. Ever since then, the, the machine has turned against him. And now you have all these people coming out, venting on him. Gina Davis, who who should be thankful that she got into movies to begin with. Thankful. Thankful. You know, uh, a lot of these actors aren't very good actors. And they just, they're kind of basic. And they just kind of fit the suit. And that's what they put in there. And Gina Davis is one of those people. But now, all of a sudden now, you know, they all got to come out against Bill Murray. And that that's the media, too. They're looking for stories. Who can we call to get a story about Bill Murray? Hey, you got a story about Bill Murray? Anything he'd ever do anything to you? Oh, yeah, he did, you know. And there's that, too. It's the media machine that singles people out. It could destroy your life. It's made people commit suicide in the past. People who were wrongfully accused by by uh, by the media for doing things, and then it turns out that they're innocent. That's happened time and time again. So I'll tell you, man. Fame is a, a, a hard thing sometimes. I've met a lot of famous people. I was an entertainment writer, and that would put me in a good position to talk to anyone coming through. And I don't, you know, talking about their music is useless because it's uh, music or, or if they're comedians or if they're actors, because that's what they do all the time. <laughs> I didn't like conversations like that, me personally. Uh, you know, you get their bio, you know their background, you know what they've done, you've got their 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 music, you know, whatever. Unless something cool happened in the studio, I mean, there's not much you want to hear about, or if something cool happened on stage or whatever. I want to hear about their side lives. I want to hear about what they do, right? So Cheryl Crow, she's had a very up and down career. She said that uh, on one occasion, she's you know performer, she's a musician, of course. On one occasion, she had a human poop thrown at her. So, and this is, I'll tell you, as someone who has been in clubs and arenas, all kinds of stuff gets thrown, including human poop. You'd wonder why. Anybody there would really like to do that. It's a very monkey thing to do. You know, I've seen that in the Bronx Zoo. We had a class trip one time, the Bronx Zoo, right? I was in seventh grade. That's right. And it was two teachers or two classes. And, you know, I guess we all went. The other teacher of the other class, we was like, you know, never, let's put it, he never liked me. <laughs> I'll just leave it there. And, and that's fine. I don't need to be liked by people. You know, but but uh, I'm someone who speaks up for myself and always speaks my mind. Uh, I'm not someone who who falls, uh, uh, you know, prey to to other people and their emotions and their mentality. So it doesn't work with me anyway. Even in the seventh grade, seventh grade, I was into Pink Floyd and ACDC. Man, I was already on my on my way. <laughs> my philosophy, Jim Morrison. So we all go to the Bronx Zoo, right? And then in the Bronx, this guy's like messing with me the whole time, like, you know, making sure I don't wander off and that type of thing and whatever. It's the Bronx Zoo. You know, you're in the Bronx Zoo. You're not going to get lost in the Bronx Zoo because it's the Bronx Zoo. Unless you leave the Bronx Zoo, get into a cab and take off, right? It's the Bronx Zoo. So this guy's messing with me. He's like, like uh, trying to be... Trying to be funny and put me down and be like a nasty ass, you know. He was one of those people. And then uh, we're at the monkey cage. And then he said this stupid thing. I, didn't even, I, I don't remember what he said, but I do remember what happened after he said this. He said this stupid thing. People laugh. And this monkey took a huge handful of poop and like whipped it right at his face. And he's probably about six, seven feet away from me. Whipped it right at his face, man. And he had shit, monkey shit, all over his face. Oh, my God. I laughed my ass off. And the monkey poop jokes didn't stop that whole rest of the year. And every time I saw him in that school, 
I was made sure to remind him of what the monkeys thought of him. <laughs> so, so Cheryl Crow. So Cheryl Crow opened up on the a podcast called Fly on the Wall. The ACDC album also. Wednesday, uh, about a rather stinky time that someone managed to throw human feces at her while she played Woodstock 99. Now that's Woodstock. Woodstock 99. That's when they had uh you know, that's when they got together and kind of screwed everybody selling bottles of water for like $10. And I don't know, it was, it was, there was a lot of fights and fires. And, you know, there was all the hippie peace, Nick, all the happy days. That's over, man. You can't, you can't relive those days because those people are different than the people even back in 99. Imagine doing a Woodstock now. Oh, my God. You'd need such security. Even then, what are security guards going to do? These guys feel, feel, uh, uh, you know, they feel they get the muscles on. They can, they can do whatever they want to do to people. Nothing's going to happen to them, right? Unless you live in a red state, you know, then you'd be in jail. <laughs> we have to, we have to say that. <laughs> I was watching DeSantis talk before, man, and give this speech, whatever. I, this dude is real. You know, he's real. And, and he talks about real things. And he doesn't apply himself to colors or anything like that. He's just real. So that's, that's interesting. You know? He's not into the rhetoric. I like that. Trump is all into the rhetoric. But anyway. All right. Let's see. She said uh, the topic of the surprise attack came up after the show's hosts. Saturday Night Live alumni Dana Carvey and David Spade uh, brought up a recent Netflix documentary about the doomed music festival. <laughs> so, so she was there. It was doomed. <laughs> they were bringing it up, and then that's her story. She said, uh, "Here's it." She said, "I watched part of it on, on the airplane a couple days ago. I had to turn it off." Said Crow, "I was so disturbing. It was so disturbing, and I remember it. I remember how awful it was." That's that's the festival, not even getting hit with shit. <laughs> Spade then asked a 60-year-old songwriter about her personal experience. He said, uh, was it was it scary for you when you watch uh, let's see, when you watch how everyone went bananas, I can't believe who would stay. Uh it was so bad. Yeah, it really was. Damn. I wasn't there, but damn, I heard about it. Everybody heard uh, Crow responded that people did stay, but it was a total mess. It was it was debauched from the beginning because we were uh, on we because we were on the first day. You could look out and see girls who were topless on guy's shoulder trying to get the MTV camera to sweep around in front of them and get them on TV. Topless girls is the least of your problems in a situation like that when when there's fires going on and. Uh, I mean, they really gouged people for prices. They wouldn't let people leave. They wouldn't let people bring in their own even water. It was, it was hot. It was a summer. So, you know, she said, and they were already throwing shit from the outhouses that were not set up right. There wasn't enough outhouses, and then they weren't emptying them out, so they overflowed. Oh, man, I'll say this to you guys. I have never used an outhouse in my entire life. Uh, there was places I went to a winery one time, and, and they I'm like asking if they have a bathroom. They're like, "Well, there's there's a porta potty outside." I'm like, "You're out of your mind if you think I'm gonna go." First of all, I'm six foot five. I don't even fit in a porta potty, man. I don't want to be in that thing. It's the very definition of no in my life, <laughs> you know. The very definition of no. I'll I'll pee on the porta potty. I'll poop next to the porta potty. I will be like a bear and shit in the woods. I will not use those porta potties. Those are disgusting they are. And that's what they have. So imagine all these freaks using the porta potty and they're not cleaning it up. <laughs> oh god. So they're throwing handfuls of poop from the porta potties. Jeez. All right, so she said, at one point, some landed on my hand while I was playing the bass. Every day is a winding road. I got poop on my hand. Oh, man. <laughs> you people stop throwing poop at me. 
That's the last thing you can say, man. Then everybody starts throwing it. Let's see. So she got poop on her hand playing uh, My Favorite Mistake. Is that the same song I just said? <laughs> that's the only song I know. <laughs> that's uh, She's like, that's when we stopped. We played about four songs, and I remember saying, nah, not going to do it. <laughs> there's, there's no poop in my contract. <laughs> Oh, man. And her poor roadie had to clean up the poop. Now, clean up the poop, bitch. I'm out of here. So, that's people for you. And that's that's why I don't like being around a lot of people. <laughs> I tend not to want. Boy, because, you know, why? Why would you want to be? For what? Because poop thrown on you? I see that's going on in New York City and Chicago. People are walking down the street. And you got these homeless people who are nuts. Throwing poop in people's faces. Not just throwing it, mashing it into their face. You mash poop into me or even try it. That's your death sentence, man. You know, you know what I mean? You better call the body bag guy. Oh my God. Another reason why I don't go to the city. I don't want to open myself up. I'm not gonna open myself up to that stuff. Well, some people have to. They live there, they gotta go to work, they gotta, you know, go into work and leave work and go home. And you pass the same people every day. If you walk in New York City, you you see it all. You see it all, all of it, right? Mashing poop in your face, ugh. So speaking of poop in your face, Meghan Markle, right? <laughs> so all of a sudden, she's in this rift. She she causes Prince Harry to be separated from the rest of his family. She narcissistically, psychopathically manages his life. And basically controls every every everything. I don't know anybody has any respect for that dude. I don't know, man. You, I don't know how you could, because uh, it's a damn shame. I know he's got mommy issues, and she went right in there and scooped him up and whatever she did to get him in there. She got him in there. But now she's she's famous because of him. So of course she's got her podcast where she talks about all this nonsense, and you know basically it's all about him. You know, like, like Will Smith's wife. Her podcast is all about Will Smith and stuff that he does. And, what they do together, this is the same thing, right? The, the biggest nightmare from these famous guys is their women getting a podcast. They should actually put that in the marriage. Put that in, in the vows or whatever you got to do. Make that part of the deal. No podcasts. No radio shows. No podcasts. No television show. No. Like like me on the porta potty. No. All right. So Meghan Markle did a show called Deal or No Deal. It was about a bunch of women, 30, 30, whatever women went on. And uh, they dress them up like Las Vegas, you know, give them a, a briefcase that had either money in it or nothing. A game show, you know. Howie Mandel game show. She was just one of the strumpets up there. No real role, nothing really to say. So then she says that, you know, she's putting it down like, like, <laughs> I don't know. She 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 got into it, saying it was beneath her, basically, you know. And now all these other models that were in there saying what what a, basically what a bitch that she was and how nasty she was and that that you know she would have done anything for a dollar. She's that type of person and she lies and she lies to people for for money. And that. so I mean, like you know what? I'm glad that these truths are coming out about her. And it's not going to it's not going to really affect her. It's not going to take the millions of bucks away from her uh, if she divorces the prince, which which at some point the guy's going to have to own up to, to his own mistakes and, and leave this person behind. You know, uh, he, he can't be separated from his family like that. He can't let someone come in from left field and do that to you. He just can't. Eh? So they, they can't be like that. Anyway, so it's just interesting how I love how these models are coming out. Like, and they have like quotes from all of them about, about uh, how she would flirt with, with, you know, uh, the producers on the set and go off with them and, you know, try to get a better position and that type of thing. So, you know what? She's exactly the person that I thought that she was. And there's no, there's no difference in that and there are people who are very toxic like that that will just look at you like they can just take what they want from you and and uh you know there she's just basically playing the game 
you know, and now she's in a very powerful position. She went from from you know being the floozy, uh, you know, on stage to to being the princess, right? This guy lifted her, took this narcissistic psychopath, and lifted her to a position that's really, you know, that that the position she has now is the one that she doesn't deserve. But she got two anchor babies with this guy, so she's not going anywhere. Anyway. So for all the people talking about all the stuff, and Brittany Griner, you know something? I feel bad for her, but I don't feel bad for her. She's being sent to a Russian penal colony. They they finally did the final appeal. Uh, you know, they gave her some time served, so she's got to serve a little more than eight years. You know, that's a long time in a Russian penal colony. Granted, she's not going to be treated like, like other people get treated there, but she will be treated somewhat like that. And, you know, it's just going to be really terrible. And right now, the situation with Russia and you see what's going on with Ukraine, uh, it's not really uh, a good time to make a deal. And this is probably largely, I mean, you know, she went in there stupidly with, with these drugs, but, and I think that's the arrogance, you know, that's the arrogance of a lot of people now, especially in the U S that's like being in a really nice neighborhood and you, you live there or whatever, you never experience anything negative, And then you go to a terrible neighborhood, you know, and you're surprised, you know? So, so I mean, and she lies to the judge. I didn't know that stuff was in there. I didn't know it was in there. She said it again just yesterday. I didn't know it was in there. Come on, man. You know what? You know who hates it when you lie to them? Judges. <laughs> you know, judges and police officers. Don't lie. You know what I mean? Anyway, I'm going to end it there. We got a lot more to cover. We'll be on here next week. Have a good and happy Halloween. Be safe on this Halloween. Be safe, man, because there are some messed up people out there messed up people so be really safe and and look out for your kids look out for your loved ones examine everything discriminate everything look around you and you make sure that you are safe i will say i'll see you next week on this here show the red pill news i love you all mwah, mwah. Yeah!